All right, guys, welcome to this week's edition of the Loosehead Sports Show. Probably the worst sports show in the history of sports shows. This week's guest is my good friend, Each. Oh, you've, what is wrong with me? You know what? I'm only going to do one cut today because I tried to do, I'm editing the Wandering Bear Sports Podcast, the number one sports podcast in the world. Uh, this morning and I probably did about 25 takes just to get it right so I'm not even going to bother doing that with this uh, each and every week Jed Gillespie and I get together and we talk absolute garbage about whatever's going on in the world obviously a fair bit of rugby chat uh, we talk a bit of coaching our mutual hatred of Australia post um, so I, I own Caffeine Gum Australia which uh, obviously the world's number one caffeine supplement company um, which, look, if you want to buy some, please do. Uh, Jed Gillespie will get no, none of the proceeds. Um, so if you want to support me and not support Jed, I would truly appreciate that. And, um, yeah, I can't even remember what we talked about, but it was a lot of fun as always. Please subscribe, share, follow us on Instagram, at Looseheads, two Looseheads. Uh, I'm at Wandering Bear Sports, at Wandering Bear King, at Caffeine Gum Australia. I am literally everywhere. Um, Jed is at official Jed Gillespie, and uh, we're going to build this thing, people. We're going to get some. We're going to get some guests who are brave enough to come on, and you know we're taking over the world. So yeah, that's all I've got. Enjoy the show. It was a lot of fun. Bye. Recording in progress. Jed Gillespie, we are live. How are you, sir? Chubby, would you say that Mark Zuckerberg has one job? Uh, mate, is it nine billion dollars? He's got one job, and that job is to have the whole of humanity's social media running consistently. Some people have got to, I don't know, do the stop go. Some people have got to, I don't like, be a doctor. He's just got to do that one job, and he's fucked it up. Sucks shit. It's fucking frustrating. I, I kind of like not being able to get bombarded with messages. Yeah, it's nice until we want to release this podcast. True, true. Well, <laughs> that well that, that makes this even more important because now people have nothing to do other than to listen to this unless they don't know we exist, which they should at this point. Yeah, well, how are we going to get it out? We're going to have to individually text people like I've been this morning. <laughs> well, mate, it's not a bad idea. Um, lots to talk about. Um Politics. Let's start with something that we're very familiar with in New South Wales politics. Yep. Gladys Berejiklian, yep. no more. What do you make of this situation? And and what's the name of this new guy trying to get into, into the role? Um, before you answer, I'll just say my, my view on it is anyone that wants to be a politician, and this is my grandfather saying, I wish, I, I wish I'd created it, Anyone that wants to be a politician should automatically be banned from being one, particularly at the moment. If you want to be a politician at the moment, you are out of your fucking mind and should be banned immediately. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, I've actually heard that take from you before. <laughs> um, I've it's very been very divisive the Gladys thing because like a, a lot of my like a lot of social media has come out and just been like, oh wow, Gladys, what a what a queen. Thanks for like everything, and then. You know, like pretty much everyone who doesn't like the lockdowns being like, you know, good riddance, like it wasn't going to be the same with someone else. Um, the, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's interesting. The, I'm actually someone invested in politics, <laughs> which is strange. I know, that's why I asked. Oh, okay. It's, well, it's the time ICAC, to pass the time. The ICAC, um, they haven't, 
they just it's just going to take so long. So it's probably the right thing to do. But I think the next guy coming in is laughing because we're fucking what five days from actually doing stuff. He's going to look like a king. You know what will make him look like a king is if we get to seventy percent tomorrow and he goes, we're not oh. waiting till Monday. We're back. Hundred percent. That is that is literally like it doesn't matter what you do for the next four years. You could have just the Bill Clinton of the next four years, and you're still the you'd you'd be the man slash woman, man slash woman. I still think you're out of your fucking mind if you want to do it. I I don't really follow politics closely. I find it it's more of like an interesting sideshow in my life. But to to me, I I I think no one would have done a good job in that situation. I think it was an impossible situation. Either way, you're upsetting someone, you know, so there's, there's really a no-win situation there. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. I, I, don't, I don't mind it. I, like, I've I got nothing. i got no qualms with it. I, um, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I can't like to investigate people. It'll go for fucking three years. It'll produce nothing. So anyway, but the good thing about being a politician chubby, which is something that uh, you shouldn't, dismiss is the fact you get paid a fuckload and you also get a massive pension forever so um i'm still not ruling it out personally but you know how, how big's massive yeah it's a it's, it's a substantial pension like you get a you get like 70 percent of your wage for the rest of your life or something like that like after a certain period like it's quite big okay but well look so that's why they do it yeah 100 <laughs> percent Anyway, what else is happening? How did you enjoy the rugby on the weekend? Uh, lots. I thought it was good. It was a good, good day of rugby. Uh, Wallabies were pretty good. Um, it, look, it looks like Argentina are becoming a forty-point team again, which sucks for them. They are this. Uh, I said it last week. They are the stinkiest team in the world uh, to watch. They literally suck. They uh, they can't. Like I think there was like a period there where everyone was like, "Oh, they've they've got a they've got a vibe and a pass and a funk to them. Like they like to attack." No, they fucking don't. Like I'm I like negative football, but they're super negative. Like they will get to your five meter line and box kick it again, just for the chances of catching a high ball. They are I like fuck. negative football too. Yeah, but they got a shitty scrum and their players piss me off. I'm still I'm holding out a fight, Thomas Lavanini. He's a I would love to flog that bloke. And you know what? He'd probably smash me, but I'd be down for the fight. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could arrange that to be live streamed on this show. 100%. I mean, he's obviously, he's obviously a listener. He's a fluent English speaker, I understand. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of the Pumas team do listen to this show. <laughs> we- Mate, last week, we had a lot of fan questions. This week, we don't have many fan questions. <laughs> but yeah, I do, I do have one. And... Someone wanted us to talk about Andrew Callaway and the effect that playing overseas has had on his development and, and why a lot of guys who generally go overseas and come back, come back as improved players. What's your take on it? Yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, Kells was literally a golden boy. Like, we can't forget that. Like, he played three years GPS ones, two years strange school boys, like, straight into it. You know, he was, hot, he was a hot hand. Um, I sort of caught him just before he went over in that NRC team, and he was a child. So that was 2016, 17. Like he was probably sub 20. Um, I, I played with him in the first year of the NRC, and he was 18 years of age. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's funny. He, 
it's like he, he fell out of favor with the task, but it was very brief. Like he could have he could have stayed on. Like it's not like they I, I doubt that any super team wouldn't have had him. Um, but look, he went on a bit of a journey, and the journey has led him back to where he is now. He's probably he's a different player than when he left. Um, when he's young, he was basically just a whip. It he was fast as all hell, still well rounded, but really really quick. Uh, now he's just a little bit more well rounded. He's he's a he's sa- he's a safe safe player. But at the end of the day, man, like if you're if you're sort of on the average one of these super teams and you got some sort of heritage, um, you leak. That's it. I I couldn't agree more. We were going to talk a little bit about some of the financial benefits and some of the other reasons that players do go overseas. Uh, I was talking to. I won't name names, but someone involved with Super Rugby who was trying to negotiate a player coming back. And the most that they could offer this player, who is a current, not a current Wallaby, but has played regularly for the Wallabies, was about um, almost a th- just under half of what he could get playing in France uh, with less living expenses, less rent, um, you know, less time away from the family, less demands. And... Uh, I, st- I still see people online and, oh, we got to talk about this. Be- before I forget, Kiwi rugby supporters, we have to talk about them. But l- let me finish this little rant first. <laughs> uh, and-, and why wouldn't you go to France? I think that's what I was saying. Yeah, why wouldn't you go to France, take more money, uh, live in Europe, have that experience of playing, being away from home, being able to set your family up and experience a new culture while you're a young person? I think anyone would do it. Yeah, you also get bonus points. Like, if you play in that tournament, you get like this. You get this experience bonus points, and you come back almost or always automatically better. Like people are like, "Oh wow, you know, he's done this or he's done that." So it's a no-brainer, really. I mean, well, look at like let's look at the guys that have come back. Samu Karevi's been playing in Japan. He's come back and arguably the best inside center in the world. Yeah. I, I think that's a solid uh, statement from me who does know nothing about inside centers. Yeah, he's um, close. You know, Bowden Barrett had come back from Japan for New Zealand, killing it. Obviously, he was world-class beforehand, but he hasn't missed a step. Brody Retallick, I didn't think it was his best game on the weekend, but still one of the world's best players. And, and Nick White playing in England. Yeah, Whitey went overseas for a long time. Like the, he's, like, come back, he's come back a better player. It's, it's just another pathway in. I mean, these days, the pathway is you get signed when you're done 19. So you get picked in 20s and signed. You play shoot shield really, 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 really well. And hopefully someone gives a fuck. Or you're like, I, I know when I was working in agency, the first question is, have you got any citizenship or have you got any eligibility? And if you can get a visa somewhere, like you do, like Cam Moore did it, Bill Meeks did it. Like these are, I'm talking guys who are lower profile, go over, make a profile, come back with a super gig. I mean, like Bill Meeks went over to Gloucester um, and he's just playing for Norths. Good footballer, then came back to Super Rugby or he did exactly the same thing. In fact, with exactly the same team. So it's just another pathway, to be honest. But it's also a pathway where if they wanted to just stay there for 15 years, they can. Yeah. So yeah, mate, there's some serious benefits to living in Europe. Um, it isn't for everyone, as it definitely wasn't for me. Hmm. Oh, sorry. Living in Europe was for me. Playing in Europe wasn't. 
I've talked about that a little bit, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um yeah, look, it's very interesting. I think having people step outside their comfort zone, generally having some life experience and playing in a bit tougher conditions of maybe what we're used to in Australia really develops players. It's not saying they weren't good when they left, but having that sort of breadth of experience, I, th- I think can really make a difference to people. Yeah. Uh, even someone like Quaid, mate, he's got, gone to Japan, obviously played a lot of rugby for Australia internationally. Um, he's gone to Japan, has come back, uh, uh, you know, he's a man now. Well, he's a, he's a sensei of some sort. I actually thought he was quite poor on the weekend. Um, like he didn't have his... Best. I agree. Uh, he, he, like his kicking was off. Uh, I look. I think we, I want to dive into the money aspect later. But while we're while we're here, the he wasn't good um, on the weekend, and like it wasn't a thorn in our side. But it was almost to the point where I, I was looking to the sideline for James O'Connor at sort of fifty-five minutes in. I, I wouldn't have been the only one. Um, you're going to have to mix that up on the spring tour. Like I, I don't know what you do. With him, I, I, I think potentially if James O'Connor's in form, he's the 10. Um, that'll upset a heap of casuals. But, um, yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts on that? I just So I've just been listening to Steve Hansen's, the book someone wrote about Steve Hansen. Good book. Highly recommend it. It's, it's very self-congratulatory, which you'd probably expect for a guy that's won two World Cups and every fucking prize in world rugby. But um, leading into the last World Cup, he came up with the fact that they needed to have two playmakers in the team Mm. just to take a little bit of pressure off Bowden Barrett. And obviously it didn't work, but... uh, Sorry, it didn't work at the World Cup, but they had a lot of success with it leading into the World Cup. So what about using Cooper and O'Connor as like a 10-15 combination so that you could have one taking the pressure off the other? Yeah. Do you like the the two playmaker back line? Yeah, yeah. Well, particularly in our current circumstances, I don't like. I'm not a Banks guy. Um, I just think he's a little bit flimsy. He doesn't have a massive kick. Um, Hodgie is like a. He's like a utility. I don't know. I still don't know what he is. I don't think he knows what he is. Um, so he's not now now fullback. You could easily play a cornerback there. The my only issue is if quite like it's going to be hard for Quaid to play that first game that he played for the next year or so. It's just not going to happen. And like, you've, we've already seen it sort of dip a little bit. Um, so that's my, my my qualm is what happens there with him. Um, but yes, in theory, if he was playing fine, I, I'd like O'Connor at 15 because it adds just a little bit of something which we don't have. Do you think they'll pick him even if he plays in Japan this club season and doesn't get back to Super Rugby next year? Quaid, that is. I think depending on what happens on this spring tour, the our fucking eligibility rules are gonna copper copper hiding. I like if if these blokes roll back in and we and we bash the living crap out of England, you know, the fans are gonna be just baying for blood. They they want they want them back. You know, what's the argument against letting them back in? Well, the, the traditional argument is that it hurts Australian rugby in terms of it hurts our domestic competition. Um, so it hurts people staying. Instead of going to the TARS, I just go to start when I'm 20. And you can still pick me. Okay. How can our domestic competition get any worse? 
Yes, no, I'm we're fully I'm fully on board, and I think we're we're even five or six years ago was different, and this ties into the money which I wanted to talk about. But our our cap is five mil roughly for each team. It's actually I think it's a touch less. So there was literally no way. It's it's impossible if they wanted to sign Will Skelton unless he was going to take five hundred thousand dollar hit. We cannot get him back. Very so, interesting. I, I got sent the budgets for the French rugby teams in the top 14 maybe a week ago. And I think the top budget was 32 million pounds or 32 million euros a year. Yeah, there you go. So 32 million euros and our team, our, our cap, our like regulated cap is I think just a tick under five. So like for people out there thinking that Will isn't on close to a million pound, you're kidding yourself. It's like he is. And then, like you said, you add housing, you add car, you add everything to do with his living. Like it's all encompassing. Tax it, you pay less tax. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, you'll probably already know this anyway, but uh, I got a mate uh, who was a very, very good prop. He got offered a certain amount to stay in Australia. He got offered six times the amount to go to France and he was paying less tax in France. Yeah. Yeah. No, like our, our tax, like we, we tax very high we have high tax rates um so like those guys who uh you know like they have a window to make money in like they they, you know like will's you know he's played he's played 30 40 games for the wallabies like he needs to now go and make as much money as possible and it's not even comparable anymore so the argument of like we're hurting australian blah 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 anyone who's good enough to get signed by starred is in starred to be honest like Samu Karevi's getting his chip from Sun Goliath. Sean McMahon just like he, he left when he was like 21. Yeah. We, he just came back because of eligibility rules. Same deal. Like he's on a mill. Um, anyone who's a million dollar player is making a million dollars. So I don't think if they let the floodgates open, I don't necessarily think a lot of guys would leave. Just well, my they, take they, on it. They can't. Some would, but the guys who have left are the ones that would have left anyway. Correct. Like you, you, the difference is going to be minuscule. Like the guys. Do you know the only one in the Waratahs who I think would go? Michael Hooper. Yeah, but he he's on Australian. He's on a mill here. He's the only one. Yeah, but if, oh. look, I, I agree. He's getting paid a lot here. But if all of a sudden it came to it where they needed to save some money, and there's Toyota or someone in Japan going, we're going to pay him eight hundred to a million dollars a year. Why wouldn't Australian rugby do that if if that's their way of keeping him? Yeah, I I I agree. I think I think they should let the floodgates open. Like Australian rugby needs almost. I think it at this stage needs to be run by private investors. Like you, you have to have enough money if you want to, if you want these guys back. If you want good teams, you have to have enough money. We, our money is so piss poor. It's literally half of rugby league. Um, what well, mate? Before, sorry to interrupt you, but the the New Zealand Super Rugby teams kill us in terms of money, and the New Zealand Rugby Union kills us in terms of money. They have uh, like a very small percentage of our population. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Maybe a fifth of our population. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I'm not a statistician. They've got five teams. They've got uh, a fully professional minor ten or national provincial championship, whatever it's called these days plus the Heartland teams as well, yet they kill us financially. Why is that? It's our only sport. <laughs> yeah. There you go. 
True, true. I mean, it, it, they, they, they've got substantial more investment in their brand. I mean, the All Blacks brand itself is worth, like they sold a portion of their rights or their image rights or their, their worth. They're worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. I guess the All Black, the All Black brand is comparable to any sporting brand in the world. Correct, which is insane for a sport, for like a Southern Hemisphere sport, you know, it, that it's comparable to, I don't know, like a Cowboys, yeah. Man City, guys yeah, like that. Like it's when it comes to rugby, it's the All Black. Um, but that and that money filters down. Like they they spend that money and they retain players. Um, yeah, so it's 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 completely different. Unfortunately, like you know, Australia's competing with five other sports. Our our money is really really bad. Like I don't know. I mean, players aren't going to come out and say, "Yeah, I'm getting paid nothing." But like a first year player is getting paid forty five grand still fifty. I, I- I know a first-year player a couple of years ago who would labour on his days off just to make ends meet. Mate, I was like, I was on that my first year, and I my only year, and I I didn't have enough money to live. Like, I I was eating at training because it was free, like just yogurt. Like it was, cra- it's crazy. And like, the, but if you switch it around, like a f- those guys, if you're that equivalent in rugby league, you're in top thirty, you're on at least a hundred, you know. And then you, if you're in Japan, like you know, someone who sneaks through the radars, got a got an Asian heritage or something like that. They're on 150, 200, just off the bat. Like that's that's minimum. So, like our money's so so bad. It, the only thing that's keeping people here really is the fact that they grew up playing rugby, and that's that's what's next. And the fact that they can't go overseas. Yeah. Like I know for a fact, like one of my good mates just got signed. If he was English, like I would, I would, he, I would have said goodbye to him three years ago. Absolutely, I think but I know. You know I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, He's ready, ready yeah. to play professional rugby three years ago. Yeah, and you know it's it's fucking amazing that he's got the crack now. But like I was exactly the same. You know, I it was like, oh mate, can you go double check your heritage? Make sure you don't have an Irish grandmother. You know, and that's the difference between you know a super season here on like 30k and like 10 years playing championship footy in England for Jersey. You know, it's that's 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 reality. Yeah, mate, I agree. I don't know how you fix it. I think private ownership would go a certain way towards fixing that. The, the um, problem is the value of the, the commodity is so poor. Um, like who's buying the tars and what are you paying for it? Yeah. Like they sold yeah. they sold Melbourne when I was there, and then that yeah. guy sold it again like a year later. So it's, didn't the, I don't the AIU own that now? Yeah, they bought it back or something. It's so I'm fairly sure besides the force, they are you own everything. What was I going to ask you? Did you read the article that they put put out about central control? Say so all the rugby unions are going to be owned by Australian rugby. Well, not owned, but run by Australian rugby, uh, including picking coaches, support staff, sponsorship, all that sort of stuff. Did you read that? No, that sounds very bad though. <laughs> well, it's going to be very interesting to say. I've got to stop saying it's very interesting. The last podcast I did that, I said it 25 times. It's going to be a bit different to see how that works out because, you know, I, I, as a coach, you know, you're you're involved in coaching as well. And I'm starting to realize the amount of politics that go into it behind the scenes. And something I've always tried to, you know, shut my eyes to, but it's, it's very hard to not be aware of it. 
in the positions that we're in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah look, be... the, the ARU, I suppose, I don't know how they can centralize it any more than they currently fucking do. I mean, they run everything and they run the Players Association. That's my biggest pet peeve. So, I don't want to dive into that too much before I'm taken off the air and stripping from coaching. But the fact that the ARU is, funds the Players Association and the players have no financial stake in it drives me insane. So I, I, why they would need more centralised power is beyond me. I can't figure it out. Okay, let's talk about Kiwi rugby supporters. Yep. So I was a little bit, you know, bored on the weekend. Mm. And mm. I've, I've been added to a few Facebook groups. And let me just state that I have the highest admiration for the All Blacks. And anyone that I've ever seen spoken to in the organization, spoken coaches, players, staff, they all come across as humble, hardworking, good human beings. Obviously, that's just the perception they're putting out in public. May or may not be true, but that's the way they come across. This probably... (laughs) I can't say the same for New Zealand rugby supporters. I got into a very heated argument and I've really tried not to get into online arguments because it just, you just can't win with some people, but I do the exact opposite to go on. <laughs> you go, you go at them. Oh, of course. I spend my whole time doing it. But go on. So I got into this argument with someone about Israel Adesanya and oh. his coach saying that he's more popular than the all blacks. And I'm like, well, All Blacks is a huge brand, right? So that, it's hard to argue with that. But the UFC globally is a far bigger sport than rugby. Would you agree? Yeah. And there are countries in the world that do not know who the All Blacks are. Or sorry, not countries. There, there are bound to be people in plenty of countries who do not know who the All Blacks are, who know who Israel Adesanya is. I got called everything from a New Zealand hater to an All Black hater to... So you know, something. someone messaged me something racist. It, I don't know why. Well, that's a strange thing, man. I I wish I would get that sort of feedback when I fucking try and go with people. But, yeah, there's definitely people in Dagestan who don't know who fucking Sam Kane is. Um, well, they probably don't even know who the All Blacks are. No, I think that – I actually think that's a really interesting point. As in, that would be a very interesting comparison to see what their two reaches are. But um, – no, I, I I troll usually like people selling crystals as healing powers, <laughs> um, 5G people. Like that's my normal target audience um, or like Peter groups, stuff like that. Like the real, the, the foundational core members of the internet. Um, and I really struggle to get that sort of, um, you know, kickback. Uh, I usually get blocked pretty quick, but like, you know, I, uh, Chef Pete Evans is my favorite to go on. I get straight on him. Is he still, what's he doing these days? Oh, mate, whatever he's snorting is eroding his frontal lobe because he's he's fucking lost his marbles. But I, I sometimes think that some of these people do it on purpose just to get people talking about them. That's what's amazing. If this, if this podcast was about like us eating pink salt and the power of healing we got from instead of vaccinations, fuck, we'd be blown up. But unfortunately, the 100,000 people who follow us would be the dumbest people in the world and probably the poorest people in the world. <laughs> uh, funny story before I forget, my little brother, Cal, remember that um, 
Christian alt-right church. I think it might be the the Baptist church, Westboro. Westboro Baptist church, yeah. So Cal found the Westboro Baptist church Facebook chat group years ago. Got added to the group (laughs) and was talking to the people that run the show, you know, just saying all the stuff that they would obviously hate. And he would get like, he would get like DMs from the, uh, from the main priest of the West, Westboro Baptist Church. That's insane. They're, they're, mate, they're, they're, they're struggling. There's about 15 of them left. Well, you know, that'd be an elite team to be a part of. Yeah. Um, so let's just wrap up this little bit on on Kiwi rugby supporters. Oh yeah, Whilst, they're, they're they're a bit they're loopy, like they're but they're not used to losing, so they freak well, out. Well, they've got very little to be happy about in every other aspect of their lives, in yeah, my New view. Zealand, New Zealand. I mean, I'm so sick of people like New Zealand's beautiful. I'm like, I can fucking climb a mountain anywhere. Don't tell me about that. It's grey and dreary, and even people from New Zealand know that. I've been there several times. Yes, The Hobbit was filmed there. Doesn't fucking change anything. It's still great and dreary. Yeah, look, I agree. Beautiful place, great food, great drinks. Uh, you've got a, a rugby team that beats pretty much everyone, one of the most successful sporting teams in history of any kind. What else do you have going for you? Fuck all. you got 4 million people, 35 million sheep, and nice. you're, it's cold as fuck and it always rains. So for the first time... In my life, I was supporting the Springboks on the weekend. First yeah, time. They they have, you know, their supporters are all pretty straightforward. There's been no uh, there's been no history there, so you know they're they're a good bunch to support Chubby. <laughs> Springboks have had a long, strong history of equality. Um, <laughs> I, I don't usually go for them. I like the way I like the way they play, and I like that they beat New Zealand because on this. Like I don't want to emphasize the point too much, but on this chat group, seeing as soon as the, the Kiwis lost, all the the things going up about how ridiculous it was that the Springboks are now the number one team again, and you know sack Fozzie and yeah, that's a bit tough. Yeah, look, I've got to I've got to say it doesn't. I know, like I know how this point system works, so it works for a reason. Um, but it does. It 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 is a strange feeling for them to go one and three and then be the best team in the world still. And the yeah. All Blacks go fucking seven and zero, but that's just the way it is. Um, the fucking before I forget that motherfucker Yako Piper and oh, his English assailant lost their minds on the weekend. Yako Piper lost his mind. That try where the Argentinian guys fucking dropped it, he's dropped it again, and then he slams it like LeBron James, and Yako's just sitting there with his fucked haircut going. Uh, is there any reason I can't award it? And I'm like, yeah, there's three. He dropped it three times. What's going on? What was he doing? Mate, uh, in Steve Hansen's book, or this book that they've just written about him, they absolutely slammed the refereeing. Like, it's as, it's as bad as it's ever been, apart from, like, two or three people in world rugby. And, uh, you know, a few of the South African guys were mentioned. I, I don't know how you fix it, because why the fuck would you want to be a referee? You know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you bring do you bring in like the multiple ref thing like they do in rugby league? Uh, I think you pay guys. I think he's got to start getting more players. The the best refs I've seen are ex players. I think Nick Berry's a good ref, and he was a fucking good player. So, but like the guy, the English guy at the end of the All Blacks game, like look, cracking game. But he he's like, all right, oh, 76 minutes. I'm not playing ruck rules. And then the last four minutes, anyone who touched anything was a penalty. Yeah. Like, 
Dwayne Vermeulen got that crucial penalty. He didn't touch the ball for a pilfer. He wasn't even fucking close. He wasn't within a yard. So, like, he just started going, whoa, whoa, whoa. All Blacks offside of the death. I don't know. I didn't see it. Like, it was just insane. Like, even the one Damien McKenzie dropped it into old mate uh, Stain. Like, he, he just start, he just lost his marble. So, it was good to see um, human error retained. But far I want to say consistent. I don't mind human error if you're consistent. If you're consistently terrible, that's better than being terrible sometimes, great other times. I'd rather you just be the same all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I just, I, I think that it, there was two cracking games, but it was hard. For, I, I was just like, what happened there? What happened? Now, I, I still think after this series, probably after spring tour, IRB got to go back and have a look at how this game's working, man. Uh, the amount of people who go, for how long were we on the TMO on the weekend for? Like, it, we've got to, it's got to be changed. It's something has to something has to happen. We rant about this all the time. You've got yeah, a referee every week. So yes. <laughs> two assistant referees, a guy in the sky, and they miss things, and it still takes five minutes to come up with any decision. I don't know how many times we have to say it. If you if one of the four people watching can't see it immediately, play the fuck on. Yeah, it's it's I got, they have to come in and tra- they have to shake it down. And like one of the ways is probably limiting what can be adjudicated on by the TMO. But like, you know, uh, it, I've seen it a lot of times with ex-player refs because they're sort of used to more, used to more of what happens. Whereas you get a French ref in the top 14 and he fuck, he'll just start pulling out red cards like they're for free. Um, but, you know, and someone will make a tackle at like, you know, close to the ruck and he'll just, it's play on. But then he gets a little buzz in his ear and it's TMO and he goes, Oh, we're gonna to have to have a look at that, and you know there was there was head-on-head contact because they were one centimeter off the ground, you know, and that's a red card. Yeah, like, or a halfback got tackled by uh, Eben Etzebeth. Yeah, um, and it, that's a red card, even though everyone's got on, played on. No, look, if you're a player and you don't know what's happened, which is you like you have no ideas what occurred, and you're getting carded, something's wrong. It would usually if you fucked up, you know, like ah oh, shit, I hit that guy high, or I definitely tried to do something. Like half the time, they're, they're looking around going, what are they talking about? Like a few of Corabetes ones. You're like, what, what, what's he supposed to do? Yeah. It's, it's, hit, a, it's hit a tipping point. It's, it's not I the- don't mind if they give the red cards. Like in, in, in some ways, having a man off for 14 minutes could probably make the game a little bit more exciting. It's the stoppages that, that they take when they're trying to look for what is actually wrong. Oh, let's look for a penalty rather than... Well, they, yeah, the English guy, he's very big on, guys, let's all have a look, come back for a chat, all right? We'll come back for a chat in a minute. I'm like, it's not a fucking WhatsApp group, mate. Like, there's a test match on at the moment. Um, I'm still of the opinion, and I look old, but I'm not that old, that a red card is a punch to the face or you've speared someone onto their spine. That's yeah. about it. Um, everything else should be yellow. I, I don't understand where this red... A head clash is a red card now. So, I mean, when the fuck did that happen? Yeah, this kind of just happened overnight. I remember when I first started playing, you could actually throw punches and it would only be maybe a yellow card or a penalty. And then all of a sudden, any any punch was an automatic red card. And then it all just stopped. And there was just, you know, the, you know, the shirt grab thing where you and I like pushing each other. Yeah. yeah. Just, just embarrassing. Yeah. 
Shirtlift. I used to do a bit of shirtlifting as well. Take your hand under there. Just feel what's going on. Shirtlifting is, isn't shirtlifting jargon for something else as well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know, mate. They've got some problems there. They're going to have to do something. But knowing the IRB, they'll uh, consider those rules and then introduce a new fucking scrum law because they're fucking retarded. Mate, I forgot to tell you this. I ordered some gum from America. Oh, yeah. On the same day, they ordered these headphones from somewhere over in North Sydney. Guess which one turned up first? The gum. The gum turned up five days before the fucking headphones did. Was it FedEx? Uh, I think it was, yeah. That it made FedEx. The Queen sends her jewels with FedEx. True, True fact. You can look that up. I could have walked to fucking North Sydney and back, and it would have been quicker... No, that doesn't make any sense. I've, I've tried to, you know how it's changed over from daylight savings time. Yeah. So I was getting up at 5 a.m. every day before. And then all of a sudden it flips over. So instead of like getting up at five, you're really getting up at four. And yeah. today I just made the effort. I'm like, I'm getting up at five. And I've already had like three coffees, <laughs> been in the sun all morning. So my head's just like, well, oh. I, I'm, yeah, like for those guys, for people listening, it is. It is only 6.15 now that we're recording. Is uh, it? Chubby likes to do a Oh, that's episode. right. <laughs> he likes to do a broad right. Well, you know, it's my proof brain. that you can actually change if you want to. My brain doesn't turn on until around four in the afternoon. So this is all just, I don't, I'm just regurgitating things. It's all we got the sunnies on. Um, anyway. So my only listener question this week was from Rochi. And he uh, said, less rugby, more ranting. So... Um, I don't know if I've helped him or hurt him there, but well, ranting yeah. or gambling? Uh, he just said I want more ranting. Oh, mate, what else do you want us to rant about? Who's a rant, mate? We've talked about everything: politics, uh, referees again. Uh, I fell asleep before halftime of the rugby league grand final, so I assumed that that was a good game. Well, it was actually a very good game. You was it? To... Well, I, I got nothing to gamble on now, so. Well, I saw you getting into like Czech Czech Republic cricket the other day. Yeah, well, is that was, a long term fascination or is that a new? Uh, no, I was at a friend's house. He's a, he's a sports addict, and he was watching Czech Republic play Finland um, in the European Cricket League, which is on at the moment. Which is, uh, of course, the height of everyone's sporting experience. And then Germany were playing Sweden in the next game, so you know. It was, it was around nine and a half runs per over, so you had to bet unders or overs. Mate, so that's yeah. a couple of big cricketing nations going at it. Yeah, I mean, that, what's, that's the that's like Springboks playing the All Blacks. Can I, I, I'm not a gambler, like, money-wise. I'd rather, as I've, I think I've said multiple times on this podcast, I like to spend money on things that go in my mouth or experiences. Yeah. But gambling, not that I do it at all, it does add a certain enjoyment factor to sport. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, here's a quick tip for you. I hate AFL. Um, I respect AFL players, but the sport is just people dropping things for 190 um, and sort of pushing each other, which would shit me to tears. And I hate soccer because it's a beautiful sport ruined by a bunch of pussies. Now, the only way I can watch that, including the World Cup Grand Final, is putting a is placing a wager on it. Like, yeah. if you bet on over two goals in Colombia versus Puerto Rico, you're not going to be so sad about the fact they spend the whole game holding their faces and crying because you're wondering if that goal is going to come. So 
that's a that's a hot tip for for young players. You know, if your girlfriend's making you watch the AFL or the A League's on, slip a little wager on it. It'll keep you awake. Mate, the AFL fans. So, like, I'm obviously not a big rugby league guy, but I went to a Cronulla Sharks game a few years ago and had the time of my life. Honestly, the league fans know how to party. It was it was mate crazy. We we can't talk about some of the stuff I saw because it might incriminate me and other people. But the the AFL fans, they're a different breed. So when I was living in Melbourne, I decided, you know, I'm in Melbourne. I have to go and see the game. First thing, I didn't know there was a half an hour break at half time. What the fuck is that about? Like, if anyone stays after that, they're out of their minds. And two, the supporters. So there's literally, there were literally crowds of kids just all around where we were mixed in with like this old crusty dude wearing like full team kit yelling abuse at umpires, players, you know, the people on the sideline, like fully swearing in front of kids. Yeah. And that was 10 times more entertaining than the actual game was. Oh, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know we're going to sound like such like... We only Snobs. Like, I like heat. I like every sport, but to differing degrees. And I, I obviously lived in Melbourne for a bit as well. You got to go to the MCG. You got to go to the MCG. Mate, I got in there. I'm like, this is an incredible stadium. Whatever they're doing in the middle here, I hope this isn't the main event because there's just 40 guys dropping the ball. Um, and I, but the, the 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 crowds are fanatical. I mean, the worst thing that could happen to Melbourne Rebels is that people start knowing who they are because they will be getting in as much trouble as the Roosters in this city. Um, no one knows who the Rebels are in Melbourne, which is their greatest power. They can sneak through the nightclubs, um, pubs, undetected. Well, yeah, look, some of the things we've both seen from extremely famous rugby players in Melbourne, you wouldn't get away with in Sydney. No, it's because it's know? Melbourne. And no, literally, like if you, of course, I would say to girls when I was down there, yeah, I'm playing for the Rebels. And they go, Is Oh, that- you're a bikey? <laughs> oh, they go, yeah, no, that was the first MJ Bale. I said, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing this. And they were like, Oh, we don't know when we do bikies. And then it's, Oh, the storm. And you're like, What the fuck? Um, so yeah, if they if people start figuring out who they are in Melbourne, expect a massive crackdown. Well, I think that was part of the reason that Curtly Beale, um, who was the English guy that was there, Danny Cipriani. Ago, Cipriani, they they probably ran a little bit of a muck during that time because people didn't know who they were. Half of Cipriani's sources confirmed half of Cipriani's salary was going straight to Colombia. Whatever that means, nobody knows. Nobody knows what it means, but it sounds very provocative. Yeah. All right. Anything else to talk about before we wrap this up? Uh, no, not really. I think the Wallabies will now uh, beat the living crap out of uh, Japan. That's my tip. So when that opens up, I will be wagering on it because Japan, correct me if I'm wrong, haven't played a game in a long time. No, they played the lot. I think the Lions before oh, the, Lions the Lions. Tour. Yeah, you played the Lions. It was the last game. But that was like, that would have been three months ago. So I think they're going to get absolutely smoked. Um, you say, are you going to take Greg Holmes on spring tour? Ooh. Would you have picked Greg Holmes in that game? I, I don't know what other option they had. What's wrong with Tom Roberts? Did he? Uh, like, I think he was covering. Yeah, I don't know. What's I don't know. Wrong? I don't know. I don't think he's an international tight head prop. I think he's a loose head prop. Yeah, but I don't think he's an international tight head prop. Tony Farmer Silly's injured. Alan's just had a baby. 
Okay. Um, Taniel has been playing huge minutes, which he can do, but I, I think you probably want to look after him as much as possible. I liked, yeah. I, I liked the story. It's cool. But then if you look behind it, there's two sides to it. I was thinking, I played Greg Holmes in like 2014. And yeah. I remember thinking, like, he was just so chilled. And he's like, I'm on the way out, like, on the field. Still a good player, but he's on the way out. Um, and here we are eight years later. He's still he's playing for the Wallabies again. I and, love it. I, mean, I love it. It's, it's, would you do it for the benefit of the team? Probably not. I Possibly the, not. I would have picked the young tight end. I would have picked the young tight end. Who would, you, who would you pick? Pick one. Is Harry Johnson Holmes injured at the moment? Pick no, him. I don't think he is injured. Then I'd pick him. Like he's already played and he's going to play again. I think the bubble thing kind of fucked people up a bit because being in New South Wales, so I think that actually came into it a bit. So okay. if you're in New South Wales, you have to go up isolate for 14 days before they can actually let you in the squad. So I think coming from Perth was actually to his benefit there. Yeah, correct, okay. me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I have think no idea. It just I'm pretty like sure it. that had a huge part to do with it. Mate, how, how about the commitment that the boys have had in terms of international rugby? So I think Hoops got home from Japan, maybe spent – like a few weeks at home before going straight up to Brisbane. And then he's pretty much been away from home the entire time. I think they might get 10 days before they go off to Europe or Japan and then Europe. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge commitment from the guys. I, I think the the benefits to having the team together for that long will eventually be something that, that they'll be very appreciative for. But mm-hmm. being away from family, being away from kids, being away from your life for a long period of time, it's a big ask. Yeah, it's pro- and no doubt it's fantastic. <laughs> no, well, look, yeah. I, think they, well, I think they look. I think they they enjoyed for a little while. I, I, any spring tour is going to have to be fun, but you're right. I mean, I think they're going to probably have to look into getting the families in the bubble and stuff like that if this bullshit happens again. But mate, it, it's the it's the cost of doing business, to be honest, and getting paid. Like, if you're going to get paid ten thousand test match, unfortunately, that's just the price they're going to pay at the moment. I would have done terrible, terrible things to have been at the double header on the weekend and then go to the NRL grand final the next day. I would, I would still do terrible, terrible things to earn a late selection in the spring tour. Mate, I put my hand up. I am available. Mate, wouldn't that be something? Mate, if Greg Holmes is a chance, surely you're a chance. You know. Well, yeah. Eight years ago, like I was 21 and he was 30. And- have you committed to not playing again? Definitely. The podcast the podcast is over now. <laughs> you gotta put it out. Right. Well let's uh we can continue chatting about that, but let's uh let's 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 wrap it up. Let's wrap it up now. Like, follow, subscribe, share, yep. tell a friend, be every a friend. Time, every time you don't follow, a baby seal dies. So you follow. <laughs>